0: And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you, guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters, what's going on, y'all? Coach Mike here with another episode of the Life of a Fighter podcast. Before we jump into today's episode talking about HIIT training or high-intensity interval training, uh, I just wanted to mention that this episode, just like every episode, is brought to you by our shop. You can go to lifeofafighter.com forward slash shop. We have all of our awesome ebooks, products, services. Again, our two most popular is our Fitness Vault and our Pro Coach Program. Um, especially now with everything going on with uh, coronavirus and all those situations, I have a promo code coronavirus that's going to be good until the end of April for 2020. That offers up all those services that you can see on the shop for free. Um, I just wanted to kind of give back and have a resource for you guys and help support. I know it's a challenging time, not just financially, but whether it's physically, emotionally or combination of all the above, especially with stress and all those things. So I figured this way is this way I could try and help give back. Also, what's not on the shop, um, but something now we're going to start to incorporate that you'll see or you can reach out for is virtual sessions, um, you know, especially with Zoom and everything blowing up, we're getting more and more acclimated. And I think people are getting more into the idea of utilizing this. So I wanted to offer that up as well. So you can uh, get private training sessions with me and utilize them via Zoom. We're also going to start using some group classes on Saturdays. I'm going to be doing a free group class for all of April at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's free and available to everybody. Um, If you guys want to do private training virtually, let me know. We can work on that. Um, I've got some updated pricing, so let me know, as well as if you want to do some small group. or um, We've partnered up, for example, with the Allen team. Um, Shout out to the Allen team here in Asheville. Uh, They actually were the ones that were able to get our house Um, or allow me to buy the house with me and Ash. That was really exciting. So they've kind of done a corporate partnership with us. We're offering up those classes for their team. So if you guys are interested in things like that, or doing small group or anything like that, let me know. We can figure it out. You can reach out to me uh, via lifeofafighter at gmail.com, info at lifeofafighter.com, whichever you prefer. Again, social media, the website, however you want to get a hold of me if you have questions. Um yeah, just let us know. And if there's anything I, I can do, even if you guys just need to chat or kind of mental health side of things work on it, um, let me know. I'm more than happy to help however I can. And without further ado, let's jump on into the podcast, y'all. So today we're covering HIT. And it's actually a perfect theme because I'm recording this on Saturday in between my 10 a.m. and two PM uh classes. And the theme of today was HIT high-intensity interval training. Um, the first class, we actually specifically applied it to kickboxing, and that's actually even something we covered with the Allen team. team with their first session yesterday, um, incorporating that hit training. I'm a big fan of it for a multitude of reasons, and I'll kind of jump into it uh, in a bit here. But um, I, I just wanted to kind of highlight that, and I think it's beneficial because everyone's talking about hit training and this common topic that comes up, but I thought it would be helpful to – I get questions on what is that? How do I do that? Um, so, I wanted to kind of do a general overview of what it is and then also some basic ways to apply it and then dive into the more specifics. If you guys want to see, um, I, I'm actually recording all of our, our group classes on Saturdays now to build into our library. It's a part of our fitness vault. So, if you guys want to see them, um, I'll have a link below that you guys can check out. And you can again use the promo code sign up for the fitness vault. You get free access to it during this time. Um, And yeah, I think it'll be valuable for you guys and I hope it helps. So the first thing is when we look at interval training, what is interval training? So interval training involves performing repeated exercises at either set distances or times. So for example, let's pick one exercise. I'm going to just say squats just because I think it's one of the most foundational body-weighted movements that we can do, especially with those lacking Equipment right now, there's so many variations you can build off that. So let's say I'm gonna do squats. I can do them for a minute on and a minute off and repeat that cycle for any given uh, amount of rounds and repetitions. Um, and this is, you can apply it to so many different things, and that's what we'll go into. And I'm just gonna kind of pause for a second and say, I'm going over some information that I'm pulling and referencing from the International Sports Science Association and um, one of my textbooks I got with my strength conditioning certification. Um, I'm a big fan of the ISSA. They're not the, the, uh, end all be all, but I think they're a pretty good standard. Also the NSCA is a gold standard as well. And a lot of this kind of matches up, um, based on, you know, the certificate that my CSCS I got with them. Um, honestly, I I loaned out my textbook, so otherwise I'd be using that one, but I do like the ISSA and ISSA one as well. So that's why I'm kind of referencing that in case you guys are curious where I'm getting that info from. So again, kind of covered Hit training. Cool. We know what it is now. It's going to be given periods of time. You know, let's say again, I actually like more even than a minute and a minute. I like 30 and 30. So 30 seconds on 30 seconds off. So we're going to do squats for 30 seconds. Then we're going to rest 30 seconds and we're going to repeat that. And I always start with 10 rounds. It's kind of like a good middle ground. And you'll notice, um, specifically with just general fitness, there's a wide spectrum of fitness, meaning you, you might be in great shape. So you might be able to push that and go 30 rounds instead of just 10. Um, and, or you might say, hey, I'm new to this. I don't feel comfortable that. Hey, let's do five rounds. So that can end up being, you know, five minutes. Or again, you can change the amount of workload and the rest load to kind of fit where you're at. Um, I think 30 to 60 seconds is that good middle ground. And there's kind of three key benefits of, that I wanted to highlight that I think the book talks about that I also agree with that I wanted to mention to you guys So the first one is it helps the body move at a faster speed by training the nervous system to react quicker Fancy what that means is when you are moving It's not just your actual muscles that have to perform the movement your muscles are communicating and back and forth with your brain So the brain the neurotransmitters and all those connections going from your brain to your muscles and back up have to work together So if you train slow, your brain is being conditioned to train slow. You need to be able to train your brain with communicating to your muscles at the speed you want to perform. So for sports especially, this is huge, and there's a lot of variations. And even we had uh, performance coach Phil DeRue on a previous podcast. We've had him on too, also with uh, Dr. Tony Ricci. We've had him on before, and a lot of great performance coaches talking about all these different aspects to training. And it doesn't mean – Speed training is the only training. There is times where slow is going to have a benefit, especially on eccentric movements, the lowering phase of movement, especially for hypertrophy purposes and other variations um, to be able to engage different things that we're looking for. But specifically, again, it's going to allow us to move faster because the not just muscle adaptation, but also the brain and neurotransmitter stimulation, all the pathways that have to work. So that's the first one. Second one increases the heart's ability to pump blood. Sounds pretty good, right? So if my body has to work harder, my heart is going to be conditioned as a muscle to have to keep up with that and ultimately become more efficient so that my body can not only produce more blood, but also oxygen and also byproducts that are going out from that and being um, pulled back in as well as going to become more efficient. So what I mean is not just the oxygen going out, but also byproducts coming back and have to be filtered out are going to become more efficient as, as a process. Then three, help cells to cope with rapid metabolism. So again, just like the rest of what we were just talking about, our body, our blood, our cells have to become adapted to whatever conditions and environment we want to put them in. So if we all of a sudden go really hard and do that quick interval, they're not conditioned for it. They're not going to be able to keep up. For a variety of reasons, so by being able to execute these workouts, you're going to condition not just your muscles, but this on the cellular level, your cells' ability to keep up and process and maintain and go and and evolve, basically. Maybe evolve is not the right word, but to progress um, would be a better way to put it. And. That's one of the the key reasons Then we'll actually, we're going to dive into some more kind of fun benefits, but I think especially, so there's two kind of camps here. I think that really become important is the, the general fitness enthusiast, um, as well as the sports and athletic endeavor and, um, individual. So if you're trying to increase performance, this falls in that category, as well as if you're also just trying to improve your general fitness and whether it's body composition, um, also your brain, there's a lot of, uh, variation there that, that benefits your brain. And also I, when I think of it as a time saver too, so I think of corporate professionals, I think of students, I think of, you know, uh, anyone that's staying, everyone that's home right now, if you have kids, you may not have a large window of time. So if you have 10 minutes, even, even, uh, uh research and studies will show that 12 minutes for interval training. Can be the minimum threshold you need to break to have a metabolic boost not just for the time of the workout but for up to 48 hours afterwards so if i do a 12 minute interval cycle of 30 seconds on 30 seconds off and i hit the right high intensity and low intensity ranges and i do that for 12 minutes my metabolism can there be benefited for 48 hours after that workout versus uh if i'm doing a slow steady state cardio session there's not anything wrong with that either there's different benefits and different purposes But if I'm just going out for a run at a steady state or I'm going for a walk, the second I stop moving or shortly thereafter, my body is going to come back down from that metabolic boost. It's not going to maintain it. However, these intervals are going to maintain that metabolic boost and even that's what we're talking about in point number three, help cells to cope with that rapid metabolism. Alright, so now we kind of have an idea of who it benefits, what it can do. We'll dive into, I think, the different varieties of how we can um, apply the variables and what variables to play with and then who it can benefit and dive a little bit deeper there. So um, kind of four components to the interval training is one, going to be either distance or time, two, repetitions, three, the intensity, four, the rest. So first, distance or time. What do I mean by that? So if we're thinking about running, for example, let's use that. That's a great way to think of distance or cycling or any variation of that. Distance is going to be, again, if we're doing 100 meters, uh, a mile, whatever. Um, Or if you don't want to track it with distance. If you want to stay in place, for example, like right now I'm in, I'm in my garage and like on my fitness area now, um, that you guys are actually going to see over time in videos and stuff that I'm putting out. You're going to see it evolve. It's going to be really cool. I'm excited to build with more equipment and things in here. So I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to stay here in place and I don't have a treadmill or anything like that. So let's say I'm using my jump rope. So instead of measuring by distance, I can measure by time, like I was mentioning before. So 30 seconds of work followed by 30 seconds of rest. And we could do the same thing with distance where I'm going to do a quarter mile high pace sprint, quote-unquote. And I think even a quarter mile is tough to say sprint because that's a pretty long time. Um, let's say, you know, 100 meters or 10 meters or any variation of that. You can sprint that period of time and then you can either have a set rest period or you can walk that equivalent amount of time. So if I sprint 100 meters, I'm going to then walk 100 meters and repeat that process. Or I'm going to sprint 100 meters, rest one minute or rest two minutes, whatever variation that you're going to work. And And part of these components is how we can change them. And and this is where I think it becomes fun is as you increase the intensity. So we talked about distance and time. That's, that's kind of also related to point number three of intensity. So as you increase intensity, so as I'm sprinting closer and closer to my hundred percent max, or I'm pushing the pace closer to my hundred percent max, I need to have a longer rest period typically. So if I'm going for a hundred meter sprint, that may take me, I don't know, 15 seconds. Uh, uh, let's 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 call it actually a, uh, let's call it 40 yard dash. That's a, that's a good reference point because that's something we see a lot in sports. 40 yard dash between four and six seconds, depending on where you're at and your level and your work capacity, all that fun stuff. So four to six seconds, I'm obviously not going to rest four and six seconds and do that again at my max capacity. I'm going to run a 46 second 40 and I'm going to rest maybe two to five minutes and then repeat that cycle. So that's where again, distance or time comes in repetitions is talking about how many times am I going to perform these sprints. And again, that has to play with the intensity and the rest. So as the intensity goes up, your repetitions more than likely is going to go in the inverse direction of going down. So I'm not going to perform 20, 100% max 40 yard sprints. That's not going to be beneficial because of, again, the neurological stimulus it provides and the muscular stimulus it provides. You may be able to do that even for one workout, more than likely you won't. Um, Not at 100% capacity with a functional application that'll carry over. But if you do that multiple times, especially throughout the week, you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to damage your body. So that's a really important part. As the intensity goes up, our reps should go down as well as our rest period should go up. So I'll give you another example. So I'm going to do like, like what I like is doing, um, again, take six to 12 seconds. 100% max sprint. We're going to take one to three minutes to rest. And then I'm only going to do that maybe five, four to five, six repetitions and cycles. So that again, when we look at the total time, it, it may not hit 12 minutes. Actually, let's say, so that's, so if I'm doing 10 seconds, Rest two minutes, let's call that 210 times five. We're right at about that 10 minute. We're kind of flirting with that metabolic benefit boost. And there's different reasons to do these interval training sessions. And they may not always have the same benefit depending on what you're doing. So if you're doing it for the metabolic boost specifically, you may wanna alter your approach and not go to 100% max because you may not be able to maintain and hit as many reps to maintain that metabolic benefit. However, if you're doing it for performance as an athlete, whether it's a fighter, a power lifter, a football player, soccer, whatever, cyclist, runner, swimmer, whatever have you, that's where you have to look at why you're doing it. And that alters and impacts. And that's where you may want to go higher on the intensity and say, all right, I'm not going to get the same metabolic boost, lower the total time and the reps that we're going to hit. Or you can find a middle ground. Maybe I'll do 70%. And that's what I think a lot. What I like with boxers is doing about, you know, 60 to 80% max effort. But for 30 seconds, even less, maybe we go anywhere from eight to 30 seconds and then we rest for, you know, 50 seconds, 30 to 50 seconds, somewhere in that window, and then repeat that cycle. And I like to match it to at least 10 minutes or to the equivalent of how long the fight's going to be. And a lot of times for, especially the amateurs out there, your fights are going to be two to three minutes, three rounds, right? So if two minutes, let's call it two minutes for easy math two minutes with a one minute rest in between, that's three minutes times three rounds. That's nine minutes of total action. You don't need to be performing 40 minutes of super high intensity effort because that's not realistic to your application right now. Now I understand you may be saying, Hey Mike, well, I want to build an aerobic foundation. That's great. Intensity training is not for that. You can use steady state cardio to build an aerobic foundation and have your endurance and work on other areas. And then as it gets time to prepare for the fight, and that's what I think even we With Phil alludes to what I like about how he applies his condensed conjugate method is he's also getting a a, a GPP general physical preparedness outside of camp and keeping a certain level of foundation. But then when it's time to get into fight camp, he's only working with his guys maybe a couple times a week instead of four to five times a week, like we'd like to see. So maybe two, three sessions a week, you have to now have max effort, dynamic effort um, and, and vary and flip those days. So you have to mix it all together. However, um, that's where you have to, that's why I think having a coach is huge, knowing how to apply these things. But again, I'm, I'm getting into the, the woods a bit and I apologize. So knowing that as my effort goes up, my intensity goes up, I need to inversely have my um, repetitions and rounds go down. Okay, and then again, play with the rest period. So that's uh, long-winded. I spent a little bit more time on that than I wanted to because I wanted to dive into you know how we can apply these for different disciplines, whether it's running, swimming, cycling, and other sports. But the general principle applies: where find the relevant um, skill or kind of competition performance metric you're looking at. So whether you're a hundred meter sprinter versus a swimmer, that's going to be going for 1600 meters, or if you're a cyclist that has 20 miles of a ride ahead of you, we can play with those intervals throughout those different given times and, or for sports, for a boxer, for a tennis player, for a, a football player, a soccer player, we can play with those and pick specific windows of time and efforts that you have to work. So for example, even within football, a running back is going to have to perform differently than a lineman versus a wide receiver. So we want to also keep that in mind. And then I think the biggest thing I wanted to take time to talk about, because most people like to apply, uh, hit training, on their own to weight loss and fitness. Most of the time, if you're applying HIIT training with um, athletic performance, you usually have a strength coach and I'm hoping you have a coach. And if not, reach out to me or if you'd want one, reach out to us. We'll, We'll put you in touch with either one of our coaches or the right people outside of our network. Um, Because I think that's really important and it's hard to, you know, just do your own guidance here. Like I have my own coaches and I'm retired, right? I'm not even a professional anymore. I've I've shut that down. I'm retired, but I still have my own coaches that I like to just not have that peace of mind knowing someone else is handling my program. I can just show up and crush it. Um, So for the fitness side of it, especially with weight loss, that's where a lot of people like to apply it. There's kind of these two camps of slow, steady state's better. And where this originally comes from is a Scandinavian study uh, that was conducted in the 1960s showed the body used more fat when exercising in the slow, steady state. So a lot of people interpreted that. Well, oh, OK, slow, steady state cardio is better for me because I'm burning more fat. Here's kind of, I think the truth behind that. And sometimes it can get misinterpreted or, or my, my, you know, kind of breakdown of what that means is if I'm going for, let's say again, I'm going to use a run. I'm going for a nice, slow, steady state run. I'm running three miles. Let's say I'm running at a 10 minute pace. Cause I'm not really trying to cr- kill myself or anything like that. So it takes 30 minutes, got that 30 minute workout within a couple minutes of stopping that run, your metabolism comes back down. So you burn maybe 300 to 400 calories. And then after that, you're burning your regular rate. You haven't impacted your metabolic system enough to keep your rate higher. Now, if I do that same time frame, 30 minutes, but I do one minute on of 60 to 80% of my max effort, one minute off with a rest period, and I repeat that for 30 rounds, or I'm sorry, for 15 rounds, because that would be two minutes for the on-off. So for 15 rounds that's 30 minutes of work. Now my metabolic system has been challenged enough to potentially increase itself for 48 hours. So not only when I stop that workout I'm still burning calories while I'm sleeping I'm burning more calories than I normally would while I'm eating breakfast the next day I'm eating um potentially burning more calories than I went up to 48 hours after that workout. So I think again from a time efficiency standpoint that's why it's such a popular and valuable kind of asset to have in your toolbox because you can say I'm going to work out monday wednesday friday and your metabolism is going to be boosted throughout the entire week um except maybe Sunday. and it, again it varies depending on where you're at how your body responds everybody's slightly different so there's not a guarantee that you only need to work out three times a week to have that metabolic boost but that's what i think if you have like and that's what i tell even you know whether it's new parents or people that are short on time corporate professionals in that genre is give me 20 minutes You give me 20 minutes, even 15 minutes, actually technically even 12 minutes from the research and the studies and students as well. If you tell me you don't have 12 minutes in your day, let's call 20 minutes with a warm up and a cool down. I think you're full of shit. I think you can find 20 minutes. I think you can, you know, spend less time on your phone. I think you can spend, you can carve out those 20 minutes. And I think it's, excuse me, I think it's important because people say, oh, well, I'd rather spend that time with my family or I'd rather spend, and I think, I heard this point actually from Grant Cardone in in a financial book he has talking about uh, sales and other things. I think it applies here with fitness and your health. If you're not willing to invest in your health, you're hurting yourself in the long run because I think your health is your best health insurance. And ensuring that you're healthy is the best way to spend time with your family because guess what? You're going to add potentially time to the end of your life. And even if you're not technically adding time, I don't think that's necessarily fair to say, you're saving yourself potential other chronic conditions or mortality rates that you could be suffering if you don't do um, these kind of investments into yourself. And it doesn't have to be high intensity training. It could be slow steady state. Hey, invest in yourself. It doesn't have to be this. But if you tell me you don't have the time, I think you're full of shit. So that's ultimately where I'm coming from and why I think that. So slow steady state is great. Don't get me wrong. I do it as well. Uh, I think it's a great way to burn more fat potentially during the exercise, but I think for the most bang for your buck, hit training is where it's at. The other caveat to that, I think is, and even in the book, it says the kind of quote unquote rule. I don't think there's anything for rules per se, but I think their interpretation of that is max three times a week. So you're not burning yourself out because there is a neurological impact. There is a muscular impact. Don't do them back to back days either. Give yourself at least a 24 hour window of rest in between because you're getting that metabolic. Boost in that benefit. Now, that doesn't mean you can't weight train or you can't do other steady state things. Or you can't do other activities or you can't do your skill specifics or you can't go like, I'm going to take one of our fighters, for example, we're not going to go to practice. We're just not going to do the same hit training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's going to burn them out real bad. So we're going to have these ebbs and flows. And that's what I like about uh, Coach Phil's performance is the dynamics of max effort, dynamic effort how they flip how he finds the balance how he's communicating and how that's even what we do here is we communicate with not just as the performance coach but i'm fortunate enough in, in my camp i'm the performance coach and the skill coach for at least the striking side and i also communicate with our other skill coaches like coach phil coach alex coach jesse and then for our grapplers uh coach brian coach johnny coach jd coach jen um coach mike you know we're all communicating so that we can understand the skill side of things and the performance side of things um so that's kind of my my two cents on finding out balance and that's where I think the, the most bang for your buck and benefit comes from. Um I don't I, there's so much more I could say, but um, we're starting to get to that window of time where I know you guys start to kind of uh lose a bit of interest here. We kind of break it up so maybe I'll I'll circle back around. Um if you guys are interested, and I can break this down a little bit more, but again, the key takeaways to me is hit training is great for your metabolism as well as your speed and performance. Also great for your brain. Um, And while we're building those neural pathways and connections, we can also benefit from the time factor. So you have a short window of time, give yourself at least 12 minutes. 12 minutes is the minimum amount of time studies have shown that you need to do to actually have a metabolic benefit for uh, multiple hours after the workout. And then again, you can use almost any exercise, whether it's a skill specific thing, punch outs for a boxer swimming for a swimmer running for a runner and you can also do I like to actually do um a combination of both skill-specific things, where applicable and we're appropriate, we're not going to overtrain because there is a risk of overtraining the same movements, especially for a boxer. You're constantly in that kyphotic positioning. We talked about that with Phil, right, where your shoulders are rounded forward, your back is hunched over. That's kyphotic positioning. Or, again, we're having our, our anterior, anterior pelvic tilt. So, um, you know, that Kim Kardashian look where your butt's kind of sticking out, the top of your hips are flexed forward or over-exaggerated tilted forward. By doing movements that keep you in that same position, you're going to build yourself up for failure and hurt yourself potentially in the long run. So finding balancing movements too is important. And again, this gets into the woods a little bit where I think it's important to have a coach because they can really assess where you're at and have the guidance to get you in the right balance. Um, But finding that balance, you can do sports specific things or general fitness specific or non-specific. And again, keep in mind that those, those four variables you have to play with, it's distance or time, It's your repetitions, the intensity, and the rest. So as intensity goes up, your rest has to go up. The repetitions should go down, okay? And then vice versa. So if your intensity goes down, your repetitions can go up and your rest can go down. So that's a fun variable to play with as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, I appreciate you guys. If you haven't checked out um, our vault, definitely, that's like, I'm such a kind of, Big fan of it, even myself, because there's so much value in there. Um, Especially for right now, we have our our cheapest program is 25 bucks a month. Um, And for 25 bucks, you have over 80 ebooks. You have all of our our content literally over 400 articles, videos, and podcasts that I've done over the last five years. You have access to it, as well as our dot fit app where I do all of our programming for my clients. Where you're going to have not just the workout programming, but also the nutrition side as well. You can log your food, look at your macros, log your water, all that fun stuff, even track sleep. Um, so I think that's kind of such the biggest thing. And also for the pro coaching program, um, I'm, that's another one I'm really heavy on because I think it's so much value as far as you get me and our other coaches customly creating your program while you also have access to the Fitness Vault. And on top of that, I'm really excited. We added our Facebook private group. So we come into a community. We're going to chat. We're going to have more of these live videos and Private access and all those fun videos. So I hope you guys enjoyed and also this all of April I'm not putting anything locked away in the vault But what I'm gonna be putting out after April and hopefully when things start to kind of calm down um, We're gonna do have two versions of content. We're gonna have the public version of, of podcasts and content. And then we're going to have the vault version where it's going to dive even deeper. So this is, let's say a 25, 30 minute episode, probably the first 10, 15 minutes would be put out to the public. And then the rest of it would be locked away in the vault. Um, a, because I think there's enough value, honestly, like I think the value I try and put out, especially when I have great guests on like Phil and, and Dr. Tony and all these other great guests and Dr. Herman that came on prior and all these great people we have in, in the knowledge I put out there. I think it's better free stuff than I even have in, in a lot of people's paid programs. So the free stuff I'm putting out, I want to also have a balance for those that have in the vault. I mean, I have even better stuff in the vault as well. So again, I appreciate you guys. Sorry that ran a little long. Hope you're staying well. If you need anything, let me know. I'm here. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for